Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Remember how we talk about how Battlestar Galactica is so different? I think the same thing's going to happen here. They're going to take Hopefully. Cheesy, cheesy 70s into cool aughts. Katie Sackhoff? She is so good at playing the total messed up psychopath. She's really good. The woman that plays uh, the bionic woman, I'm not so convinced of yet. I was really psyched to see the hero storyline, but by the end of it, I was sort of like... I hope that, kind of like the jungle thing, this doesn't remain so disconnected. I need it to be somehow interweaved. You're free now. Save me. I don't know what it is. It's crap. That's what it is. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Galactica Quorum. This is either an extended minicast or a full episode. We're not quite sure yet, but today a little bit different. We have myself, Brian, and Dimitri. And on the line we have Jen, Dimitri's wife. Awesome to have you with us for the second time. Thank you. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping before we start up. We have a website, galacticacorum.com, an email, gcorum at gmail.com, a voicemail number, 206-350-6756. Please visit our website. We have forums and... Oh, wait. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason has joined us. It's a drive-by cynicism. <laughs> this is great. All right, I'm have, sorry. Have I, a seat. I have work to do, but I just... Can't go back to my office yet. You, okay. You That's, need a headphone to hear Jen, who's on the phone. My can, wife. Hi, Jason. Oh, hi, can Jen. You, can you hear her? Yeah, I can. Okay, we'll just do it like this. Wow. That's fine. A, an interesting Dimitri family member. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about the show that uh, we've come to loathe. Not to praise, but to bury. Uh, <laughs> Bionic Woman. Jen, I guess you have the floor. Oh, I just get to start in on my rant. Go ahead. That feels uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll rant first if you want. Go ahead. Okay. Please. It's one of those things that came in with so much promise. The people who did Bionic Woman already have a successful retelling of a cheesy 70s show going on as we speak. So you're thinking, let's do it again. And it just never got off the ground. When your most interesting character was written out after the third episode, that's generally a bad sign. And then after that, the minute they introduced the CIA guy as the quote-unquote love interest, it just got so uninteresting that it's sit- the last two episodes are sitting on my TiVo. Yeah, I think you can see they're clearly struggling. And I guess in terms of being written out, are you talking about Sarah? Yeah. Is, I didn't realize they'd written her out. I was wondering where she was because she was, well, quite I, frankly, the only thing that was saving it for me. Right. I had read something to the effect of she had agreed to just appear on a few episodes but I'd also read a story that said people were also almost immediately aware that she was so much better than everybody else that they didn't know if that was a good or a bad thing. Right. I think they started off, the first mistake was their choice in Jamie Summers. I just don't buy her. She seems uncomfortable. And Dima and I talked about this a little bit, that it may be they're forcing her to speak with an American accent that's making her, she just seems... She can't relax into the character, and she's got this weird walk. Like, take her out of the high heels. She can't walk in them right. She walks very stiff. Like, her arms are straight down, and she kind of has this little, like, bouncy trot. If if you go back and watch, it's really actually silly how she walks. 
I think it's, it's the heels. It's her shoes. It's the they're, high heels. It's like they're trying to make her into a Jennifer Garner character, and she just can't cut the mustard. That's who they should have made the Bionic Woman, but why would she come back and do TV? Is it possible that the actress is really short, and that's why she's in those high heel boots all the time? I mean, I have no idea well, what her stature put her in is. platform lifts. Not the heels. I don't know. It's it just makes her. She's supposed to be this nimble, strong character, and with this weird little walk she's got, you just don't buy it. She looks I like a broken that- human pogo stick. <laughs> that one where they actually had the paramilitary group running the nerve gas test or whatever. That was a really entertaining episode, and I don't know. Maybe I'm unfairly comparing everything else to that episode, but if everything else had been just a little. Not as good as that. It would have been okay, but there's such a gap between their good show and the rest of them that it just seems like it's hard to overcome. There are just so many flaws, too. The sister, I'm like, kill the sister. Have her get in a car accident. Or I said to Dima on the the sniper episode the other night, I was like, maybe she'll get shot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's a liability. But at at the same time, she's Jamie's connection to the real world. And I guess I've got to maintain that or else it would... But see, you know, even in Alias, they ended up getting rid of that after a couple of years. They got rid of all our friends. They had them put into witness protection or turned them bad, and then they got killed. Right. I just think she's unnecessary. Oh, she has all the annoying. impact of Dawn from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There you go. That's actually a really great analogy. I mean, you can always compare the two female leads to that. It's like the Bionic Woman is somewhat of a Buffy character, but not as good. And Dawn, is, I mean, and the sister is somewhat of a Dawn character, but actually worse. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to point out that Michelle has joined us. Yay. Hi. <laughs> so now we have a full quorum of four this plus the, one. This yeah. is the most unconventional episode we've ever done. <laughs> Could be our best one. Well, anyway, I have a whole list of just ridiculous rants. One is from two weeks ago when they went to Paris. Jamie and her group fly on the Burka plane to Paris. And the Burka plane is like a Learjet. And it's really nice on the inside. And it's got... Uh, glowing letters that say Burke on either side of the inside of the jet, you know, because the CIA plane says CIA and neon and the NSA plane says NSA on the inside of the plane because, you know, you might be sitting in the Burke plane and you might forget where you are. So you look around and go, ha, I'm on the Burke plane today. (laughs) So they go to Paris and they do their thing and whatever. Usually when they show something in Paris and then they show something on the West Coast, you assume that it's happening at the same time, like the same time frame. And so on the West Coast, while Jamie's in Paris, her sister has a party. She gets drunk. She gets frustrated because Boy Toy comes with his girlfriend and doesn't blah, blah. So she leaves. She gets in the car. Cops there. She gets arrested. She goes to jail. Jamie tells her, in the emergency, call Jonas, right? I don't know why she would say that. Instead of like calling one of her best friends, she says, call the boss of this company that has sequestered my body into, you know, servitude of covert and operation. And by the way, that you're not supposed to know what he does. You're supposed to believe that he sells timeshares. Yeah. And so... So let's expose my lie to being picked apart by you because you're going to call him. Right. And so then he bails her out of jail. And then they have this like heart to heart. And then it's nighttime in wherever... California or Seattle, wherever they are, and it's nighttime in Paris at the same time. So the only way it can be nighttime in California, nighttime in Paris, if it's winter and in Paris it's early in the morning and in California it's late in the evening. But then somehow Jonas ends up at the last scene in Paris with Jamie to like console her at the end of the mission 
still at night. So the only way that can happen is if Jonas beam me up Scotty and then gets materialized in Paris in a matter of 10 minutes in order to make that scene work. So the timelines are all screwy. I don't like it. Great pet peeve. Didn't even see the episode, but exact, that's exactly the kind of thing I would have noticed. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a, what is a nine-hour time difference yeah. taken into account. Yeah. Nine hours. So you can have night and night in the same time frame, but you have to be moving really quickly, and you can't take the Berkelier jet because it's already in Paris. Okay. Going to this episode. Can I just talk about the last one really fast? The whole thing about that, the list, the list, they're like, we have to get the list. And the list was just a list of CIA and Burkett operatives, which I assume that they already know what they are because they are operatives. Okay, fine. So maybe they want to know who's exposed. But why are they, the guy at the end, he's like, here's the list. He has like a printed sheet of paper. Like he doesn't have it somewhere else. It's like the list is secure now. You mean, oh, yeah. you mean that to do all this, they ripped off the plot of the first Mission Impossible movie? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's one of the that's plots their from big Alien. effort to rip off a Tom Cruise yeah. movie? And, and, he go, and, and they have at least done uh, And the it's one straight out of True Lies, the walking around the party, talking and, to all the embassy employees and stuff like that. And unlike in the first meetup where they try to get the list from this guy, it's in a public cafe like, he couldn't have them be somewhere else, so he has to go through this whole ruse of dressing like a waiter and putting out the list on a little piece of paper in the menu. I thought about that, like, but the way he walked up to the other waiter and he said something and the waiter, like, walked away, like, I don't know what he said. was like, this is my table, I got it, whatever. But in order to set that up, he would have to have been a waiter there already in order for that waiter not to give him some sort of lit, let's say, like, who are you? You don't work here. Right. Why are you dressed like me? So contrived for them to set that up that way. And so, again, what was the point of spending all the money to get the list? It should have been not to get the list, but to get the guy who's distributing the list because then you can cut it off. If they just paid yeah. the money for the list and he was like, okay, see you later. Here's, here's, like, here's your pretty copy, but I have the disc at yeah, home. exactly. I think the takeaway message is that the writer's bionic woman have actually been on strike since September. <laughs> yeah. So did I miss the alias rant? Yeah, I touched on it. I mean, it's like... I don't know what it is. It's it's crap. That's what it is. <laughs> it's crap. Granted, by the end of the aliases run, it was totally annoying. But at the beginning, the first three years of it were excellent. And this is just a pale, pale sort of imitation of that. I don't even think I could say that it's an imitation. It's just a, it's a wannabe alias. It's such a bad job. And it has the same sort of thing as Alias. You know, it has that quirky guy who sits at the computer and has all the gadgets who can't, yeah, for some reason... Yeah, even sucks. He, he can't get a girl, and, he, and, he's, and he, you know, he's always, you know, he's funny, but no one sees it. Yeah, Marshall. And then there's the girl Which, out Which, by the way, Marshall was a bad guy on Chuck this week and very excellent at it. It's really sad. I mean, it's just, it's, you it's might just as well, bad. I mean, seriously, they're just taking Alias and going, you know what, we're just going to tweak it just a slight bit. Go ahead, get well, in with your other... Uh, I, I have, I just wanted to go back to flight. Last week, right, we talked about the airplane and, and time zones and whatever. This week, this bad guy, President Rudan from some sort of African nation, who's so evil and genocidal Amara. and everything. Amara. A, how does the U.S. government allow him to come into the country? Aren't there, like, no-fly lists for really, really bad people? I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, that's not my point. My point is Antonio goes to the airport in his SUV, and then Jamie gets wind of that the guy is coming in early, and she races to the airport to meet him because they need to protect this bad guy in her sob racing through the highway, right? Now, 
if they have $50 million to spend on a woman's two legs, a couple of eyes, ears, and an arm, you'd think they could maybe rent Airwolf or Blue Thunder. You know, <laughs> you could equip it with blades that have silence. It just seems silly that this high-end black ops organization has to speed to a scene in an old 80s sob. It's just, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, you know? And then she probably could have ran there faster with her bionic legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of running, since the pilot episode where they show her running through the woods and that little girl sees her through the SUV and she's like really cruising in this blur and stuff. Since then, they've actually added that. Yeah. But they've taken away the thing that looks like you're running fast. They've actually, when she uh, loses sight of the uh, briefcase because she's talking to her boyfriend while she's on a mission, and then he says, Well, what are you wearing now? And she's like, Oh, I can't say that now. Well, you can't be on the fucking phone now because you're on a mission. I mean, how about that, right? <laughs> and so she, then she takes off after the guy in a Ford Focus. I could run down a Ford Focus. So she runs like two blocks to go catch Nine him. Cross. When she, like, she's running in her high heels. And then when they kick in the they actually slow down the video as opposed to throwing in a little CGI and blurring it so it looks like she's running faster and instead of slower. Actually, I will say the one thing I do get and I do appreciate is that you're talking about how, you know, you're not supposed to be on the phone, you're on a mission. I do think they got it right that, like, when they brought in CIA boyfriend, you saw the disparity between someone that was trained, for, recruited and trained for this, and someone who was basically stumbled on and, you know, thrown into this before really having, I mean, physically fine, but mentally, she's just a person. She doesn't yeah. know, you know, you got to pay attention. You don't tell them this. You don't do that. So, Although, well, in, in with that in mind, episode, though, he, like, throws that all to win. He's just oh, like, he's okay. like, I can't be distracted. And then, like, a scene later, oh, I give in to being distracted. But, oh, yeah. but if you say that, then when she said, I can't, I'm tailing someone, or whatever she said, he should have said, oh, and hung up. If he had been trained yeah, he's, oh, okay. in covert he's not, stuff, he should have super sharp. And, but he's pretty. He is. I think what it comes down to is that they should have, I mean, fine, you want to remake The Bionic Woman. They should have gone with the storyline that they brought in that was different from the original, which was the Sarah character. Bionic Woman gone bad <laughs> and made that the show. And just forget the girl with the fake accent and the bad walk and, and, and focus in on that. Or even telling the story that happened to to Sarah before she went bad and she was on the fritz or whatever. That would have made a nice story, actually. Katie just... Sackhoff was the best thing about that show. And apparently she's been written out. And uh, the whole thing with Dr. Burke, I never really got why they put him in the show. Maybe just to give him a job because he oh, lost his other total one. marketing boy. I still think they gave her too many powers, too many things that, that allows them to trip up. To let savvy viewers say, wait a minute, if she can do that, why not this? And how come she can do all this, but she's not using her super kick? And Another thing that I was like, what? Is at the airport, the sniper shoots off around and misses or whatever. I don't know what happened. And she and Antonio are up on the roof where the sniper was. And they're looking around. And it's one of those gravel roofs, you know. And they're looking for some clues. And she goes, oh, look here. And she bends down with some silver tweezers and pulls up this little piece of thing that looks like half a penny and black, kind of like crunchy, rubbery thing or whatever. Where did all of a sudden, she was a bartender four weeks ago, where did she become <laughs> CSI? And then 
She went to the airport on a whim in her sob. Why is she carrying tweezers around? She's not uh, even have a purse. I mean, they I don't just, understand. They just came out of her finger. <laughs> I mean, I understand she, if she had if she had. It's in her little spy kit that they issued yeah. her when she started working. Standard for Virgin, makeup come on. Oh, that's why she's wearing the heels because if you move the uh, rubber part of the heel off, the tweezers fall out. Like, I like this idea that she takes a tip off her finger and it extends into the tweezers. Yeah, it's her homage to Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Were they on the roof right after the assassin fired? Yeah. How did she not hear him running, like on a gravel roof? Speaking of which, the assassin it's a trap. strikes again uh, later on in the show. With this new high pollutant rifle that shoots from two and a half miles, and they're at a horse race, and she moves her hair out of the way because oh, her hair so is. We, we talked about this. Her hair is sound dampening. Well, what it is is the nanites in her body produce a dampening field in her hair. So when her hair is in front of her ear, she can't hear shit. So she has to move it out of the way so that move well, the nanites out of the way. Well, she has to do that because that's what the original Jamie Summers did. She heard, she the, heard the, the assassin effect. cock her rifle from two and a half miles away. They're at a horse race, and she didn't hear anything else. How is that possible? They keep showing the same effect where it like does the CSI like fly by into her ear canal, into the thing, and like you see it, the little eardrum bouncing, boom, boom, boom. Every episode you see that, and it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. We've seen the little device and the CGI fly through and whatever. I still stand by my statement that the whole show would be drastically improved if they just let her speak in her English accent and take her out of those shoes. I agree. I highly agree with that. Get rid of the sister. She did so much better. Oh, yeah. You got to kill the sister. Yeah. Okay. Three things. No (laughs) shoes, British accent, and kill the sister. That would make sense. If you killed the sister, it would actually maybe give her a reason to be doing stuff. Yeah. Like, it's too we, late now because... We don't know who killed your sister. We think it may be XYZ. Right. It's too late now, though, because that would be too much. They set up Sarah Corvus as the bionic woman whose sister was killed or yeah. died, and so they can't do it twice. I mean, well, they no, could, no, no. but... Well, hers was killed by the accident. Yeah, but... This one be one killed by the quote-unquote enemy that you've got to help us find <laughs> before you die in five years. I think that they have a possibly a budget problem, right? Because... If they can't... <laughs> the, wait, wait. The, the Battlestar Galactica people have a budget problem? Yeah. Because I think what? that since they can't oh, yeah. make her blurry and look like she's running fast, actually running fast, maybe they can't hire extra actors and actresses because Ruth, who is an operative with Antonio de Blanchek, how is she also slash... You can't be an operative and a partner in the field and then come home and then be someone's shrink. She can't psychoanalyze Jamie and be her partner at the same time. A lot of people have dual degrees these days. Yeah, well, I understand. <laughs> Anything else? Yes. Oh. Always. When Jamie ran after the guy with the briefcase and she ran after the Ford Focus, she jumped over the car and then jumped onto the hood of the car and then let the guy crash into parked cars next door and then reached in, took the briefcase, and walked away. When did she all of a sudden become like, oh, I don't give a crap about anybody else's private property? I mean, she wrecked two cars. I mean, aside from Ford Focus, bad guy, two cars got wrecked on the side, and she just walked away. I don't know. I just, like, she's so concerned about her sister, and she's so concerned about this and that and the other, but then she doesn't care. She flip-flops her cares. Maybe she didn't hear him get hit. Because her, her hair was in her way. Because her hair was in the way. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's just do heroes. Yeah, uh, let's do heroes. Mention heroes real fast. Heroes Origins, the show that was supposed to go as the sort of hiatus filler between the first half of the season and the second half of the season, it was going to feature some new, unseen-before characters. That show has been canceled. 
before it even got off the ground, whether it's because of the writer's strike or because of the ratings or a combination of both, that's no longer going to happen. In a recent issue of Entertainment Weekly, the Heroes executive producer apologized to the fans for season two so far. He admits to these problems. He says... Trish is an idiot. He says, the pace has been too slow. He said they assumed the audience wanted a season one type of buildup, but they wanted apparently stuff to happen right from the beginning. Why they wouldn't assume that before, I don't know. They weren't Um, listening to our podcast, obviously. Yeah. He admits that the stakes should have been higher much sooner. So instead of this viral storyline coming along in episode seven, it should have been like two at the latest. He says that the new heroes were not introduced into the show properly. It Uh, took him this long to figure that out? Right. He thinks they should have been weaved into existing characters' storylines instead of completely separately. Which, I don't know if the Wonder Twins, I don't care if they were There's introduced no with anyone else. They were just too boring, and there was no hope for them. I think that was just a misfire all around. I don't want to go into it, but this past episode where they showed what ha- what happened like the, at the wedding, they could have just started with that. Oh, yeah. Boom. Just that do was, that. That was way more interesting than what then, we've like, been watching of them they've been in running the car and running for the and running. last Just start with that, weeks. and then start running. Yeah. Well, it was like this week, I finally figured out that she kills people when she gets stressed. Oh, wait, no, you told me that already. Three or four times. I don't get it. Right. Is there anything else he's apologized Yes, for? two more things. He says, Hero was in Japan way too long, which I've been saying since, gosh, the first episode. Uh, he said it should not have lasted more than three episodes. And he also says that they really flubbed all the love stories. The Claire with the boyfriend and Hero being all lubby-dubby over the princess. He says that uh, they messed that up. So they recognize it. Now fix the damn thing. And the one thing he still hasn't apologized for, Michelle, that we've talked about? Is the fact that women are only saved by men and that the women cause all the problems. Right. The, the, the female characters can basically be summed up as helpless or crazy or sadistic <laughs> or clueless. I think as women should boycott this show. I swear to God, these were, I mean... And, except you for know. Molly. Except for Molly. Yeah, but Molly... She's Molly helpless. Was safe. <laughs> but she's yeah, helpless. She's, she's she not exactly help. a woman. Oh, yeah, okay. right. The most solid female character they have is like an eight-year-old. But still, she was saved by Parkman. Right. Caitlin's, I mean, even if she was obviously not a hero, she was kind of cool and fiery, and then all of a sudden she's just helpless and lost. What about Micah's cousin in New Orleans? She hasn't been properly. They helped. haven't taken her anywhere yet. Except the one thing. The one thing we know is that she freely went along with the company and, and almost allowed herself to have her powers taken away. The only thing. The only parents. thing that she did that was uh, you know empowering or whatever. Oh. She took care of the bad guy at the yeah. McDonald's and, and the whole you know Candace. I mean, she was evil, but she was kind of cool evil. But then they offed her so easily, and it was basically a fat chick who just wanted to be loved. For looking hot. You know, I'm sorry, but some of these writers need to see therapists. <laughs> I'm really upset with that aspect, and I wasn't upset with it, like, in the first season until Jason started saying something. Right, well, it was, <laughs> I started noticing, and, and maybe it's my own theory, but I started seeing it last season, and maybe I'm building it up on my own mind, but I feel like it's so much worse yeah. this year. We mentioned this in our last podcast, but... The whole thing when the Japanese sword maker's daughter, the princess, she had that line where she said, they always underestimate us women. And then um, you think she's going to do something. And she goes and she just, oh, I'm going to just, uh, can we get some scissors here? Here. Okay. You're free. Now save me. 
So, yeah, but and yeah. like I said earlier, she made this line that she's like, well, you know, my father taught me how to use a sword, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So they say she can come along with them because she knows how to use a sword, but she doesn't do anything ever. Right. But there was such a, that we talked about last week, she, there was such an opening for her to say they always underestimate women. I mean, that would have been a perfect place for her to just do not necessarily something, you know, hero-like, but something heroic. Yeah. Know? One other thing about heroes that about this season that kind of I'm not thrilled about is they brought back the paintings thing again. But this season, it seems like the paintings are more like they see a painting and then they act to somehow not do it. Do it or not do it. Yeah. Whereas before, you'd see a painting, you're like, how's this going to fit in? And then in a completely different venue, it would happen. You'd be like, oh, that's it. Like, I remember, like, the dinosaur one. You're like, how are they going to fit a dinosaur? And then here walks in that Lenderman's vault, and they've got these really cool artifacts. And you're like, oh. It's like, You'll be interesting. What if the paintings are just it, the there, but the painting doesn't become reality until the person who the painting is painted of looks at it? So if Claire's dad never looked at the painting of himself being shot, he would never have gotten shot. So by looking at it... Or not for this TV show, but for somewhere else. There's just these events that are, have been documented. It's like fate, and it's like a catalog of fate. And if you happen to look at this piece of fate, it's going to happen to you. But if you never look at it, it will never happen to you. Like the, the big one was when Peter and his girlfriend see the painting. They're like, oh, that's in Montreal. Oh, we got tick. Let's go. Well, I'm you know what? I'm with you because I'm in the painting. Well, yeah, duh. But actually, <laughs> what was weird about that is they're looking at this painting. And I thought it was a stretch, but they're looking at this painting of a, of a guy and a girl, and it's in Montreal, and the girlfriend just assumes, she says, is that us? Why would you assume that's us? Like, I mean, she doesn't have any previous knowledge of the paintings and their power to show the future, so why would she think, is that us? And then one other thing, this was actually brought up on our forums by uh, Solai. Uh, one thing about Claire, he had a beef with that toe-clipping scene that she had where she cut her... Pinky toe. Her toe off. Like, like what? And, the, and it popped. Uh, and it, it popped. It right. flew up in the it air. It flew up in the air, like really gratuitous. And the thing about that was, it seems like she's not only has a healing factor, but it's like she's impervious to pain because she sticks her hand in boiling water. And I don't care if you can heal a minute later. When you stick your hand in boiling water, you're going to be like, fuck! <laughs> By the way, what happened to the toe? Would the toe regenerate a whole new Claire? Yeah, we covered that. Yeah, we talked about okay. that. Okay. Then that I mean we figure that she needs a, like a brain or a head or. Something. You're right. She does. But um, <laughs> what about the toe? <laughs> well, here's my other thing. The toe, like she cuts the toe off and it goes flying across the room, and then like the dog eats it. That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, if that dog picks that toe up, I'm never watching this show Here, ever here's again. Here's a question. Now wait, they, they've actually the deleted scene. Yeah. They've actually created something, right? Because Peter got a tattoo and it disappeared because he's got the healing power. Right? So, with that theory, how did he get his hair cut? Theoretically, his hair should have grown back to that original length that he was when he got that power. Like kind of like the vampires in... The Anne Rice novels. Yeah, where What's-Her-Face cut her hair off and then it grew right back. What about... um, Or the Santa Claus shaved his beard and it grew right back. I mean, they use the blood to heal him. And I guess what he's seeing in the mirror is what he did look like previously, like the mental scar, but... Does the blood heal him and then, like, I mean, that blood, if they're impervious, I mean, the way they're treating it, that blood is kind of permanently in him now, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. not going to expire. Yeah, yeah, I wonder if you were able to filter it out of his blood if he would if he would go back to being burnt. And what does that mean? I mean, I think you get into medical things there. But, <laughs> but, 
they're starting to play a little fast and loose with some of the rules, I think. You guys, this has been great, but I actually have to get back to work. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for, thanks for allowing me to rant a little. We, we've got my major point out. Okay. Jason's leaving as well. Bye-bye, Jason. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye, Jen. One thing about Bionic Woman that bugged me. Oh, you're, yeah. It's nothing new, but just the fact that they brought up her accent. To me, when they show you something like that, it's always going to stick out. Like, if you didn't know before that she's had an English accent, you're always looking for it now. So why would you bring it up early? Like, there was an early episode of Star Trek Voyager where the uh, half Klingon chick, she got beamed into two different people. There was a yeah. human one and a, a normal one. That was on TV just recently. And I was like, why did they do that? Because now, right away, you see what the human actress looks like, and you're always going to be like, you see her beneath the latex. Yeah. You're always going to see it. And if there's one thing that pre-crazy Lucas did right, was, like, you never saw pictures of David Prowse or Peter Mayhew before. Like, right. they're, they're really secret. You did, they were the guys behind Chewbacca and, and Darth Vader, but you never really saw them. Even though they weren't, like, the voices or the sound or whatever, you never saw them because he didn't want you to see them Associate underneath. the actual right. human with... As opposed to now when he's like, he shows everything like, let me show you how I put Count Dooku's face on this other actor. And so he can do flips and like, oh, I see that now. I'm looking for it. But whatever. So. Well, and that brings up like the fact why we're so like, well, she should just keep her English accent because she did so much better when she used her English accent. Her acting was better. Her emotion, getting forth her emotion was much better. But when she pulls the American accent. Like it's a, probably a lot of hard work to, to hold on to an English accent, I mean, to an American, or to any accent. It's probably right. very hard work. But speaking of, we talked about this uh, just the other day in our office, that uh, I saw an episode of Life, looked really cool. And I was saying, where did I see the actor before? And someone said it was Band of Brothers. He's British and does an American accent. Great. Yeah, but I Don't. think his caliber of actor <laughs> is surpasses hers, like... <laughs> I mean, he is a fantastic actor, and so he can, you know, maybe his acting level is so high that he can lose a couple of notches by holding on to an American accent. I was thinking, why did they make her work for this Burka company? Why wasn't it the CIA? Or if it's Burka, okay, fine, they're another group that's the same as the CIA, except they're independent. Why not make Burka a somewhat shady organization? You know, just to twist it up a little bit. It's like when, when she was a couple episodes ago when she met that CIA guy and they were in that courtyard and they're talking. She's like, where are you from? And he's like, CIA or something. And then he goes, you? And she goes, Burka. I mean, she's got it. She is clandestine, dark. You're not supposed to know. She shouldn't be throwing that name out. Like, you don't just throw that name out. That should have been the first thing. You you never say who. It's like Fight Club. There is no Fight Club, right? I was surprised that he even said he was from the CIA to her. Yeah, that's a. Let's say she says, okay, fine. She says Burka to him. He should have said, what? Like, who? Yeah. It should be like, it doesn't exist. I worked for uh, an army base in New Jersey. And they had, uh, outside the general's office, they had these big posters for all their projects. And they had projects for UAVs and projects for satellites and this. And there was, just, there was like seven of these posters, right? And they all had their name and their acronym. And then they had photographs of the technology that went along with those. And then the seventh one was a black ops thing. And all it had was a name and it was a black poster. That's how Burka should be. It should be like, we don't know what it is. Burka should have been clandestine and somewhat on the shady side morally. 
like, we saved you and we're going to use you for these purposes. And she should be like, I don't know if they're really doing good all the time. Look, make it a little darker. Make it a little darker. And make darker them, and sometimes they're or... going at odds with maybe even the CIA or the government or whatever. Just, yeah. just so she has a little bit of a conflict about her. I guess they, they did that in Alias. They would capture some guy and then they would take him to this room and they would torture him until he gave up information. Yeah. And in Alias, she would never tell anybody who she worked for. Yeah, that whole scene was just like, who are you with? Well, who are you with? Tell me in front of all these people. Yeah. So you've officially removed uh, the show from your DVR. Yeah, so for all our fans out there, I've deleted all the episodes that are on my DVR of Bionic Woman, and I have canceled the series from DVR recording, so I'm not watching anymore. I try to watch Pushing Daisies, but it hurts. It's a heavy show. It's really heavy. I can't, you know, maybe later I'll get DVDs and watch them slowly or something. I'll still watch it just because I need something to make fun of. <laughs> I need something to bitch about. Let's do some viewer mail. We haven't had viewer mail in a while, and this isn't totally current, but I thought we'd, we'd bring it up. India writes, uh, she's been listening to our past episodes. She says, maybe you correct yourselves later on, but Hilo was an ECO, not a Rio. Perhaps Rio is a modern-day term, but I strongly recall them saying ECO in the miniseries. Also, Racetrack was an ECO, too, and we see her pilot all the time. That sounds right. Yeah. Rio is a naval term for our naval pilots. It stands for radar intercept officer, and you can see why they don't use that term, because they have Dratus. I guess they could say DO. <laughs> but they use another term, which is also a military term, is ECO is electronic countermeasure officer. Yeah, that's right. And we covered that ECOs or Rios or whatever you want to call them. They, really matter, they can fly, he's too. He's just hot. Oh, Who cares what he is? He's just... Well, I mean, <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. But no, in Battlestar Galactic, they call him an ECO. That's right. It is but, ECO. And the reason why they don't call him a Rio is because they have Dratus. Right. Instead of Radar. And we got a post from Skiznot who says, Am I missing something about the fifth Cylon? I remember asking myself who the fifth in the season ender was, but I thought I had my answer at the end when Starbuck came back from the dead. Starbuck was clearly incinerated when a Viper blew up. What am I missing that leads all these people to believe that number five wasn't revealed yet? Number five alive. <laughs> Good one. Well, he, uh, why does he think that number five was revealed? That's because she came back no, from. If if you come back from the dead, then that you've seems been resurrected. To, you've been resurrected. But, but we the, don't know. But the flip side could be either she came back from the dead because she got resurrected and they had a viper for her, or Lee is the Cylon and it's a head. Yeah. Case. You know, I'm starting to really lean towards Lee because of the fact of the minisodes. The minisodes. What's it say? Doral requested Lee. Yeah. So I'm probably wrong because I'm always wrong. But here's why I I don't know. I think you're right. Here's why I think it's I not Starbuck. Although all time. signs point to Starbuck is because Aaron Douglas told us at the con that the final five Cylons are one-offs that can die and they stay dead. And so if she died in that explosion, then she would not have been. Resurrected. That's a spoiler. Mm, we've covered this before. Yeah. And the second thing is. Right after the season episode, everyone was like, it must be Starbucks. She came back. But only George Lucas does things that are so obvious. Like, the Emperor can't really be the Senator Palpatine because it's just <laughs> too obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't... Just because they're making it so much that points in her direction, that's why I think that it, it would not be. Before we forget, we've got a contest that's still going on. 
we have our one year anniversary slash razor contest still going on. We've extended it to December 14th due to some technical errors during Thanksgiving weekend on our website. So if you want to enter for a chance to win the $25 gift certificate and the Starbucks t-shirt from battlestaronline.com, just send an email to contests with an S at galacticacorum.com. And be sure to specify your name, your mailing address, and your shirt size, which are extra large, large, and small. Okay, I think this episode, definitely not a minicast, has come to an end. It's an extra large minicast. Extra large minicast. A megacast. Megacast. (laughs) This megacast has concluded. So, our website is galacticacorum.com. So, until next time... Bye-bye. Bye. So say we all. This is kind of funny because we have a an outsider. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not an outsider. I was part of the spouse edition. Um, that's true. That's true. It's just a little bit different. The whole phone thing, maybe. You're right. Uh, God, I hope it works. This will be the, the test. <laughs>